How y'all doing? We'll start ladies first. Megan, how you doing? It's Friday. I'm doing good. It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Although it's been a little, uh, I don't know if you guys are experiencing the same thing though, but day tracking has been a little unusual of figuring out exactly what day is where. Well, some of us are, you know, working, Rennie, so it's not very hard. <laughs> well, I think mine's the opposite. I think we've, we've actually upped our game so much that, like, Chris and I haven't had a day off since this thing, you know, went down. We've just been, you know, between the industry and then the group, we've just been hosting these events, you know, pretty consistently. So, um, so every day is just running into one for you. It, it is. Every day is just pretty much, you know, we're – we're slowing down. We're enjoying it, but it's it's definitely you know it's definitely been a lot of work. So, Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Randy. Um, I'm kind of like you. The days are flowing all together, um, but um, you know we are working. So, um, yeah. you know we're having to work a little bit harder than we typically would because you know we're we're trying to keep our social distancing and keep our staff at fifty percent and all those things, right? So it just you know adds another level of challenge. Right. Yeah, it definitely does. So, uh, well, welcome. Let me go ahead and I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get this up and see, uh, Chris, let me know when you can see a, a good stable. Oh, I, I see your screen already. Okay. We up on chapter four. Uh, not on that yet. Right now I'm looking at your, um, Oh, okay. At your, at your Chrome. Okay. Well, we're going to have to switch that over then. So I'm going to have to go back over to share and here we go. Let's see how that does. That's, That's better. A lot better. So, okay. So let's jump in here. So, you know, this is probably, uh, all of these have been really entertaining. And again, it's just coming out of, we're just walking down through the foundation of, of building a business and, and we're walking through a book that, that we wrote, uh, unbelievable eight years ago. It came out eight years ago, but it's still a really good foundation. And we just wanted to run through and give people an opportunity to, to kind of take this time to build up foundations. And uh, I think it's a great time. We've changed a lot uh, in our business and I'm, I'm excited to kind of get my guest on and introduce them and see what they've done. Before we do that, I, I want to mention our pin, our, our pal, Ken. Um, Ken is a staple at events. Uh, Ken passed away uh, this last week and he's going to be missed. Um, Bob, you knew Ken pretty well uh, through the years. And yeah. um, I mean, this guy was a, you know, just a shining participant in our industry and, um, you know, a key player at Z-Bart and, a, and a, a really key partner to Dan Baker. I mean, you never saw Dan and Ken separated. Anytime you went up to these guys, you know, Ken was, you know, always a smiling face and um, an amazing human being and hardworking, dedicated to the industry, always giving back, was always there if you needed him. Uh, you know, we, we said when this thing started out that, you know, we, we, we would know people that would, would pass due to this pandemic and we just didn't know who it was and who it would be. And so, you know, Ken was an amazing human being. So, you know, everybody's heart goes out to the Z-Bart team and Dan Baker because he was an amazing guy. Yeah. So I want to start out, a lot of you might not even, you know, know, had the, had the privilege of knowing Ken, but I'm telling you, Ken and I didn't know each other until recent years. And the guy was just so giving. So I wanted to pay tribute to him right now before we went anywhere else because he's just a big part of our industry. He's one of our own. And, uh, you know, it's sad reality of what we're facing, you know, and, and it, 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 it took one of our own. So uh, Ken and his family, we're with you. Prayers are with you. So, you know, today we're going to jump in pages 56 through uh, 64. 
finance, uh, finances are dismissed. A lot of the times um, you need to get this right. You need to get this part of your business right. We're seeing that. We saw people within day six of, of this current event that were coming apart at the seams. And so a lot of it comes back to finances. Uh, and none of us has done it 100% right. We, we, you, you couldn't have, I guess there were people that forced, you know, that saw this, that, that could see it. Um, you know, I definitely didn't. Um, common mistakes, we're going to go over and how to address these, tra- uh, these, these common mistakes. Traits that will uh, pay off when you obtain these traits, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have huge dividends. Working within a budget, I think this is another one of the areas that a lot of small businesses really struggle in. And then your local market's message and, and, and opportunities. Um, I, I think a lot of people have dismissed what, what the true opportunities are in your market. And there's a lot of add-on services. We're going to get into that in a future chapter. But uh, in the meantime, um, me and I, I, I mean, one of my favorite people in the industry, uh, one of the hardest working people in the industry, one of the biggest giving people in the industry. Uh, we've known each other for some time now. It's been awesome to watch her journey in business with AutoGeek and just where she's taken AutoGeek in, 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 in a, I don't know how to put it, I think in a giving way. I think that you guys have, have, have done so much in recent years to give back to our community, you know, to our detailing community and to the car care community. Uh, you've, you've done a good job of mingling over the DIY and the pros, you know, at your events and so forth is that when we're at those events is that we don't, we don't, we don't have the, the separation we used to have. And I think that Megan, you're behind a lot of that. So please introduce yourself. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm, Glad you mentioned it because I think we really have made a huge effort in the past few years to spend a little more time with the pro side of the industry. And as you know, in, in the retail world, that's not you know the bulk of our market, but we actually um, have a lot of fun with you guys. So um, we enjoy being in that part. And uh, the business here has definitely evolved over the last few years, and I think you know for for the better. And we're enjoying being a little bit more involved, hands-on, um, and kind of just, you know, getting to know everybody a little bit better um, instead of just being an e-commerce business that, you know, we sit down here in Florida trying to get out there, talk to everybody, and, you know, just it's nice to get to know all the detailers. You know, we hear about everybody, but we don't get to spend a lot of time with them. Well, you've done a, it, it's been It's been wonderful to see the, the, the transition in how – you know, it's open arms to both sides. And, you know, I mean, professional detailers have a tendency of kind of poo-pooing the DIY market, but I, I, I say it feeds the, the professionals. And I think you guys have done a wonderful job of blending those two together and showing the pros that the DIY market, uh, man, they, got, they bring a lot of passion to the game that a lot of us have lost. We're out there making a living, right? We're out there grinding it every day. And we got to remember that we're doing for a living what a lot of people do for fun. And I think being around the events that you guys have hosted and, and watching the, the videos and watching the production and, and watching you guys in action, I think it's brought some of that passion to the, to the pro market. So I, I want to I thank you for doing that. But before that, what do you like to do for fun? What, what do you do in your off time? <laughs> We've had this conversation many times. I love to go camping. I am a very avid camper. I love it. That's, you know, and I think we, you know, we spoke that Diane and I are looking at going down that road. Uh, we're ready to pull the trigger when all this happened. This might, might change it. It might not. We might just, we might go with just a little smaller unit, you know, 
really have the have you have you ever seen a casita? It's a little tow behind trailer. No, I have not. Go check one out. You know what? I was shocked. I went and looked at one not too long ago, and it's tiny, and it is really cool. So maybe we'll go that direction. So, well, thank you for being here. I mean, it's just it's an absolute honor. So, okay, Bob. Um, wow, where do I go with this guy? Has become one of my dearest friends in life. Uh, you know, we're partners on Double Black. Uh, I work with him hand in hand at PNS, but more importantly. Uh, he's become a really good friend. He's, he's a mentor to me. Um, his family, um, if I were to ever be adopted uh, by a family, I would want to be adopted into the Phillips family. Um, these guys, Dave, the whole family is just dynamic. And I'm really happy to bring these two on together because they have a very, a very similar um, battle plan when it comes to building up the industry and building up independence and building up business and partnering. So Bob, welcome, introduce yourself. Thank you, Rennie. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled to be on, uh, this, uh, webinar, obviously with someone like Megan, who I admire and, um, love her approachability and the way that she has, curated the auto geek family to be where they are today. It's pretty amazing. Um, and then, you know, just to be part of the detailing industry, I'll tell you what, this industry, you know, gives so much back. Uh, and the fact that we have an opportunity to give to it and it rewards you with, um, you know, just great experiences and great people. Uh, I, I, don't, I can't think of a better industry to be a part of, to be honest with you. And if I was to say that, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I first got in this business, I wouldn't think that would be the case, but um, because it was so different back then, but now there's such a culture, such a camaraderie. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to explain to people that, are, that really aren't in our industry. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's so, I think it's because we're so many of us are, are grassroots, you know, and I think that passion plays over. And, you know, I can't wait to get past this period and, and, and start seeing you know you're seeing it you're seeing lights at the end of the tunnel and passion coming out and there's still a lot of people that are burning that torch brightly and i love it and uh, that's this that's the industry that i've fallen in love with is the passion side well you, you know it's amazing Randy, because realistically when i think about the challenge that everybody's facing you know it's an amazing stress test on businesses you know all aspects of businesses you know the people your vendors, your suppliers. I mean, it's a hell of a stress test. And one of the things that I see is that I think companies will come out of this stronger because, you know, it's, it's like any stress test. You have to be smarter. You have to be more efficient. Uh, you, you look at things differently. Um, you know, I'm thrilled with the way our team here, my staff, employees are reacting. I mean, they're, they're better people because of this. You know, we took things for granted that, you know, now because of this stress test of what's going on uh, in all industries, all, all, you know, all over the world, um, I think it's an opportunity for companies to come out stronger. Well, I do too. We certainly have learned a lot. We'll share some of that because it's the financial side of it now. So, hey, I got to ask you, uh, I, know, I know the answers to a lot of this, but what do you like to do for fun? Uh, well, obviously really spend time with my family. Uh, fitness is huge. Uh, you know, where I'm try to be out on the water as much as I can. I, I try and snow ski. Of course, that didn't happen this year. Um, you know, just really, you know, family activities, you know, being with my wife, with my friends. I mean, that's, that's what life is all about. 
that's why I want to be adopted into the Phillips family. You know, it's, it's, you can see it, you know, you guys are just such an amazing family put together. So uh, I'm really proud to, to be associated with both, you know, auto geek and, and PNS. And, and you know what, it's, it's wonderful of what we do as a living, but it's more wonderful because of the friendships we've built. And uh, you know, going back to Ken on that page before, you know, when you get to a certain age, man, and, and, and I've always kind of been like this is that the people's the, 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 the people part of it's the promoter. It's the thing that wants to, that I want to go after. And you guys make it real easy to go after business. So, so let's uh, do a little fun. Mark Nelson, this is a buddy of mine. He sent me in. We got some great ones, by the way, we're going to continue in this. And so Megan and Bob, what I ask people to do is send me fun pictures of what they like to do uh, on the side, aside from detailing. So Mark Nelson sent me this with his horsies. Uh, you can see them both looking at them like, what, what, what are you doing, dude? You know, what are you doing? Just, just feed us, you know, just, just feed us. But Mark, thanks for sending this in. If you want to share a photo, Rick, we just got yours. So that's way cool. Send it over to Rennie at Detailing Success. We'll, uh, we'll include it in future events. And it's just, I love this one. I thought, I thought this was just fun. So this is what I want to see more of. So here's the thing is, 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 is that rethink everything. I start every single podcast during or, or webcast during this event with this rethink everything because it's definitely, it's given me time to do it. So here's one of the, the things that I've, I've heard back. And I think this is an absolute compliment from my, my, my critics is that, that Rennie thinks too small. Uh, listen, I started with nothing. And when you start out grassroots with very little or absolutely nothing, you have a tendency of keeping things small and tight. And let me tell you right now, uh, my small and tight attitude, and believe it or not, these are two big companies that are with us, you know, PNS and Autogee. Listen, it's not necessarily about what you make. It's about what you spend and what you put away. And so, you know, to my critics saying that, that, I think a little small, I'm going to try to influence you little guys. Here's the deal. I'm a tiny little itty bitty dude that's still around. And my small thinking, I'm the biggest little thinker you've ever come across. And that small thinking, it doesn't mean small. It just means I'm conservative. I look at things with, 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 with truthful eyes. I've got great mentors and coaches. I called Bob with a problem this week, said, hey, I've got, you know, I've got a, a, an issue. What should I do? And, he, and, you know, he gave me both sides of the, of the coin. That's what I mean by I keep it small. So rethink everything. A lot of the big players that we've seen in the industry right now are pretty much vanished. There's a lot of big mouths that have been out there that have been touting, you know, how they're doing and how they're the biggest and how they're the baddest. And their companies are gone. And so don't know what you are. Don't overstate what you are. Just be happy where you're at. Enjoy the day and build small micro empires, one empire at a time. So with that, common mistakes, how do we address this? So folks, what I'm going to do, I'm going to run down these and we're going to go back over and have Bob and, and Megan pick out a couple that they really stand out. So you want to kill a business quickly is look little or no business experience or education. Listen, the junior college system is awesome. You can get so much real world experience. Uh, and finance, QuickBooks, all these different things online. Look at the online uh, uh, opportunities. I really think what we're, we're facing right now as a, as a globe is going to change education. I think we're going to see even a lot more online experiences coming out. And I'm excited about that. Um, failure to be skilled-based. A lot of people, you know, you'll fake it until you make it. Let me tell you, how are you going to beat the badasses? Because there are some really talented technicians out there today. Uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I could say you could fake it till you make it, but it's going to be really tough right now. 
underfunded and remains uh, remains uh, uh, underfunded. You, you you can't be underfunded. Is you, you you know what? I understand starting with nothing. I started with literally like twenty bucks, but as quickly. And I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm saying you can. I'm living proof that you can. What I am saying is is that at some point you got to stop and start putting money away. This is this is again example. We're living through an example of cash is king. Bad debt. Know the difference between good debt and bad debt. Reoccurring, you know, if you've got if you've got consumer debt, meaning credit cards and everything else with high interest, man, that is bad debt. Don't go into that kind of debt because you can get good debt, like in buying buildings, buying real estate, investing in your company, expanding, hiring people. All those things are could be really good debt. Just know the bad debt from the good. Going out and buying cars that you shouldn't have, buying things that you don't need. And we're going to talk about that here in the future. Um, Failure to keep steady sales cycles. So many people market, 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 get busy, fail to, they, they stop marketing, and then they die. The backside of it is these huge waves. You don't want to be there. And then poor awareness locally. Really, they don't understand their local market. Uh, lack of a solid referral program. Listen, every time I did, still to this day, when we have four students a month come in, that last day I say we continue to grow because of fine people like you telling people, uh, what you think of our training program. I still have that referral program in. Now we're going to make, we're going to, on our training side, we're going to even cement that up and make it even better. But when we ran shops, that was one of the most, in, you know, between relationships and our referral business. Listen, you've got a set customer that just did business with you. Is why go out and take, why not get them to help you find new customers? And then this, this, this next one, build the relationships up locally. So many people, so put so much effort into online. Listen, online is valuable, but building a referral program, building those local relationships up even more so. You can put the, you can put your online marketing on cruise control somewhat. You could, you should be able to spend less than an hour a day on that and it, and it should be just pouring you in business. Um, poor sales system. You just really don't know how to sell. Listen, a lot of people I talk to say, I'm not a salesperson. Uh, you own a business. Uh, you're, you're alive. We sell ourselves every day of our lives. I hate to tell you. And then lastly, not knowing the mini facts. Uh, what's earning you the most money and what's costing you on each of these services? So Megan, let's start with you this time. Is anything standing out in there that you'd like to add to? No, um, I agree with you on good debt versus bad debt. I think that's a, a key. A lot of people overextend themselves a little too much and you get into a situation where we're at right now and they're a little over the barrel with no backup plan. So I think it's always putting yourself in a good situation where you have a little money put aside while still growing the business, but doing it safely. Um, I, I like baby steps. Baby steps are good, solid, and you don't have to worry about falling. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Baby steps again. And I like that because I, I like the baby steps not falling because you know, we are small. We're, we're micro companies as detailers. We're micro companies. Even you, both of you run really significant sized businesses in the grand scheme of things. You're still a small business. I mean, it's a small business. And when we take these giant leaps, man, the risk factor, you know, who I feel the sorriest for right now, but I feel the most opportunity is everybody's coming in all these poor new people. And I'm like, that just got in the industry. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Listen, their fall was short. And, and if, if they survive it, if they just, if they get the gonads behind them and just make it through, who, oh, watch where they're at in another five years, you know, because again, to your point, Megan, baby steps, you know, that little fall. I love that analogy. I, I got to borrow that. So Bob, anything stand out with you? 
Yeah, no, I had a couple of line items here that really stood out to me, Rennie. I, you know, I, I look at item three, underfunded remains underfunded. Um, I think the term capital, you know, even for every business, you know, if you don't have the capital to, run, to enter, the, to start your business or to run your business, it's the quickest way to put the brakes on the business. If you don't have enough capital to run it or start it, um, you're going to go out of the business very quickly, or it's going to be a hell of a stressful start or just to run it. And even particularly during these times, um, you know, you can save for a rainy day to have cash, which is cap, you know, we've all heard the term cash is king, which it is, but also access to lines of credit, which should be looked at as, you know, an insurance policy. This is something that you and I talked about where, you know, when times are good, get all those lines of credit in place, ready to go. So that when your business is stressed, maybe you don't have to use your cash, but you can use your lines of credit because you may need your cash down the road. So those are things to really look at when you're running a business. Also, when during times like this, if you have cash, guess what? <laughs> the wealthy become wealthier during the downtimes. So when, you know, when the market crashes, there's good buys out there. So if you have cash, guess what? You can reinvest and protect against the loss. Um, oh, and sorry, I just accidentally, I'm going to try to get back up. Yeah. No, you're exactly, you're exactly right. And it, it, let's go back to this, this uh, Bob. Yeah. Unfunded remains underfunded. Um, you know, it, it, when you start out in the wrong, in the, at the wrong level, if you don't put that money away or to Megan's point, you, you know, you let your bad debt get a little out of control it's hard to get out of that. It's hard to get out of that rhythm, isn't it? Oh, it's almost impossible, Randy. I mean, it, it's, it's, well, it's depressing. It, 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 so that under, that undermines your attitude towards your business. You're stressed. You're constantly putting out fires. I mean, if you don't have capital, it creates all those issues. I mean, it just, so it's, it's really, it's a very stressful time on any business to have to be underfunded. No, totally. Totally. Good points. So now let's go over and let's talk a little bit about good habits that build business faster and stronger is become fluent is, you know, your skill based. So many, we are in a skill based industry. It, it's a skill. It's a learned skill. And not only is it a learned skill, not only do you have to get good at it, you got to get quick at it or you've got to get dependent on your services or you've got to get uh, really good, but time is money. I, I I'm still going to say you're going to have to get quick at it. Um, you know, why make, why make, uh, $78 an hour when you can make $105 an hour, you know, is that your systems and processes, your SOPs have got to be in line, but you got to become fluent in business. You got to be, become fluent in finances. Now is the easiest time in society to do any of these. Uh, you've got such a wealth of information out there skill wise. I mean, the events, the YouTube, uh, Mike Phillips training, our train. I mean, just a host uh, PNS has got PNS universe. I mean, there's, there's, there's unthinkable amounts of knowledge sharing out there that you can find. Business-wise, again, I'm going to point back to the junior college system here in the United States. I, I think it's a, an amazing asset that is underutilized. Um, I have taken so many junior college classes through my lifetime just to get uh, fluent at something. And then again, finances, I'm going to go back to the junior college program. Capital, shoestring startup. Uh, I've done it. I've been there, but you got to put money away instantly. As soon as you start, uh, you can do that. You, there's, I, there's so many success stories out there on people that have started not just this, but many, many businesses with very little capital. The point to, you know, what both of my guests said, 
you, you got to get, you, you can't go into debt and you got to put money away, uh, especially right now we saw that. And then using credit correctly, uh, right or wrong types of debt, realizing that. You've got to have a plan in place and follow that plan. It's got to be a living, breathing plan that changes and adapts uh, every one to three months. Uh, build and work within a budget. Build relationships. This is the thing I think that's missing the most. And I hope that people could get back to the kind of the, the basics of life is building up local relationships. Online's huge. I'll never dismiss it. It's a huge part of our company. But what's even bigger is the localized relationships that we have. Build a brand and a culture within your company. Even if you're a small, a small company, what's your culture like? You know, um, there's so many cool people that have, you know, the double black name, for instance. Double black comes from what, Bob? Skiing. Skiing. We love to ski. And it's a good thing that you didn't push me on water skiing because Bob floats and I sink. Um, but the double black, it comes from our lifestyle. Uh, a, a build an amazing menu. Know that menu's facts. Many of us, I'll tell you this, you go into Chick-fil-A right now, the reason why they lead in, their lead-in offers, their top-in offers is because A, that's people like it. It's a high seller. B, the profitability off those lead-in products is huge. And, and, and C, the ease of production, of making it. You've got to build a menu and a services and offers to match that, what the big guys do. And then lastly, number eight is, I, I want to say this really openly, keep your eyes open, is that when you get connected, if you work the relationship angle in your market, do you know the new kind of opportunities are going to pop up for you within and, with that and, and outside of detailing? My biggest opportunities in life have come from the, the relationships I built locally. So Bob, we'll start with you this time. Uh, anything standing out on this, on this sheet? Yeah, Rennie, five and six, you know, stand out to me and they're basically intertwined, you know, um, you have to build relationships with not just your customers, but your vendors, your suppliers, uh, build a relationship with your employees, you know, building a brand, that culture within your company. It's so important. You can't treat a customer one way and an employee another way. If you expect your employees to treat the customers the way you want your customers to be treated. So it's, it goes full circle. It's so important to you know build relationships and that brand and culture within your business i mean relationships you know if you so a lot of people look at well i'm just going to build a relationship with my customer but you have to also build relationships with your vendors because you may need a favor and if you don't treat your vendor with respect when you call for a favor he may not deliver for you so that's really important and then also you know keep your eyes open i always say to our salespeople you always have to be farming and looking for that new opportunity. If you're not doing that, then, you know, your business is going to suffer. Wow. Great. I love, you know, and I didn't, you know, I've thought about it. You and I have talked about the, the importance of, of the supplier uh, buyer relationship, but I never really looked at it that term. So Megan, what's, uh, what do you, what do you, what's snapping out at you? I would think the number one for us would be relationships. And I'm with Bob. It's with your customer. It's with your vendor. Um, it's with our staff. Your, your customers, if you have a good relationship with them, you, the return is, you know, great. You take care of them. They take care of you. If your vendors, and Bob made a good point, you know, at a time like this, there's been a few vendors that have shut down. Um, we've all kind of pulled together to help out a little here and there. Uh, I know a vendor I spoke to yesterday that lost two employees, you know, due to the virus, oh. you know, and, and you tend to, you know, cheer them on, 
be patient with them. Um, don't worry about me, you know, move on to the, you know, whoever's the, the most squeaky wheel. It, relationships are key. You, you can be a company in this industry um, for a hot minute if you don't have relationships. If you have relationships, you'll be here forever. Let me, uh, you just hit on something. Is it, in both of you, the, the relationship with staff, um, part of your culture too, right? But, you know, you just hit on something that's really important because a, a lot of small businesses, they, they, they just, they don't look at their staff as an asset as it is. They look at their, hey, I pay you. You know, that person also pays you, you know, um, with their hard work or with their dedication. And I know Bob's got, Bob and Dave have built a wonderful culture and, and team building up there. And so, you know, I've seen, Megan, from your, from your side, I've seen your culture cultivate over the last few years. How, how have you done that? I think we have definitely changed in the past few years to be very uh, in touch with our staff. Um, we've turned this to a, what we like to call a, a fun environment. We, you know, today's, I think I'm currently missing the pizza party, but that's okay. <laughs> we, we, we do a lot of fun stuff together. You know, we go golfing, we go go-kart um, racing. We were supposed to go next weekend to a Mets game, which obviously we're not going to now, but we try to give back to them because here we're sitting um, among a very unusual time for everybody. And I know they have some anxiety, but they're all coming to work. They're getting the job done. They have a smile on their face. So anything we can do to make it a little bit easier on them, we try to do that. That's huge. Bob, your staff. Well, you know, I, I got to say, I mean, I, it can also be an amazing, uh, you know, marketing tool to influence your customers. I mean, Megan, you've done a great job where, you know, on social media, if you're going to do an event for your employees, I mean, you don't, you're not flashy with it, but it's out there. You know, if it's ice cream day or whatever, it's on social media. Customers watch that. It's so important. And uh, I, I mean, Auto Geek's a shining example because, one of the things is, you know, they always, I always feel like when they're contacting us, Megan's calling me or, or sending me an email. Um, it's to improve our relationship and our company and our brand. So um, it's so important. Yeah, that's great points, man. I mean, that's just, it's, it's amazing. So let's go over to this real quick. Now, the next one is recon your market and your competitors. Learn everything about the local market. I think this is something that a lot of people miss is that when we come into the local market, we're coming in and man, we are, you know, we'll, we'll stage ourselves there for, you know, if it's a new market to us, uh, if we live there, we're going to dig in deep. So we're going to learn everything about the local market. Who's the who within the market, gain all the intel on competitors as possible. I want to know so many people, oh, what are they doing bad? No, I want to know what they're doing good. I want to know, you know, what, what, what are they missing out on? You know, uh, what, what, what can we provide them that the, the, the market that they're not providing? Um, consumer habits, you know, what, what are people doing? What kind of cars are they driving? What's, what's, are you, I mean, a lot of people put, you know, they'll put a Ferrari up on their website and they're in a pickup truck and Jeep market. Um, what, you know, what, what, what's your habits? There's a lot of money in pickup truck and Jeep detailing, by the way, what's your going to be your ideal services? What are the car washes doing? What are the car washes not doing? Um, local influencers. What I mean by that is who's going to help you spread your name around. Maybe it's a country club. Uh, maybe it's a mechanic that, that, that works on, uh, on, on the classic cars. Who, who, who can help you uh, spread the word of, of your bit? Maybe it's the local chamber, uh, if you've got a powerful chamber. 
Uh, don't, and I, I repeat this, don't, don't ever compete with low prices. There's no need, need for that. Uh, you don't have to be, even if you're doing entry-level services, you know, a lot of wash clays and waxes type thing, is, is I offer a premium service and I want to be the premium provider with premium prices for that market is that I don't want to be cheap. So Megan, anything jumping out on you on this, on this screen? Well, this is a, a little out of our uh, uh, realm here. I think um, definitely to try to relate this to, you know, our market, we're e-commerce. We don't really, you know, deal with a local market, but you know, when you say gaining all the intel, you know, on competitors, you know, for us, we just kind of do our thing. Um, we, we lead with education. It's a little different, I guess, than in the world of the detailers. We don't really look at our competitors, to be honest with you. Most of our competitors are really good friends of ours. So it, it's just a little different situation. But, you know, I guess in terms of like influencers, those always are going to be part of everybody's business. Um, you've seen what they've done for turtle waxes, launches, um, influencers is kind of something we're all dealing with. You know, you guys deal with a little bit more of a local, you know, in the e-commerce world, we deal with a little bit more of a global type of situation. Um, and for some of us at our age group, influencers is kind of a new thing, but I guess for the younger kids, you know, it's the happening thing. It is. It, def it definitely is. Great, great input, Bob. Yeah, Renny, when I look at recon your market, um, I look at from I look at it from trying to solve a problem uh, by providing either a service or a product. If you can, you know, make somebody happy through solving a problem for them. For us, it may be you know providing a certain thing to a detailer or a detail shop that you know allows them to function more efficiently, right? Or if you're a detail shop, you look at well, what's a service I can offer that will really make the customer happy. Um, so I look at it from, you know, just a, a problem solving perspective. When you analyze the market, we'll look at what's, you know, wrong with the product or, or a solution that's not currently available and try and fill that need. I like it. I like it. So these are just, we're going to go over this. These are some things that this right out of the book and I, sorry, it's, you know, nothing fancy, but th this is literally, I wanted to show you what's in the book. You can get this for seven ninety five on the electronic version of it. I'm not trying to sell it, but you can actually take a, a screenshot of this if you want to and, and just reduplicate it um, is, is questions to ask about my market and my competition. I just make a list and literally this is a short list, but I make a list and I just go down that list and I check it out to make sure. Now, if you're an existing business, you go, what do you got? What's this got to do with me? Because you're going to pick up on additional services that you can offer that you're not offering right now, or maybe you're not doing a wash claim wax. We kill it on those things. We're making, we're, we're 10 years ago, we we're making over a hundred dollars an hour on those things, you know, on that level of service. So it's not just about the new startups. It's about when you're re reorganizing your company and re looking at your market. So now with this budget startup and expansion projections of spending startup and expansion projections, that's a tough one. Um, budget on the startup or expansion. This is a huge one. And we, we you know, I, I, I had a, a conversation with one of the industry leaders and he said, oh, man, Rennie, it's not that people didn't have money. They just went into, you know, they did, they just did major expansions because the economy is so good. Well, comes back to putting some cash away. And when you overspend like that, you're gambling. And a lot of people gambled. And I've just never been, I've gambled before, but and boy, it makes me pucker up. Uh, a detailed menu and pricing. You got to know your cost on those things. 
Um, think of hardships. Use the current, the current situation as this. It's going to slow down. Things are going to interfere with business. Uh, you know, we're all recognizing this right now because it's happened globally. But people get sick. People have injuries. They get in car wrecks. And it's, it's, it could be even more devastating to your company and your finances. So don't think of just a global event. Think about, a, you know, your, your own personal events. My goal is when I'm expanding or growing is I'm telling you right now to have six months of income put away to pay all your bills, including your shop bills, your home bills and everything. That's a dead minimum. Now, I know a lot of you are shoestring starting and you don't have that, but you got to build up to that as ASAP. Maybe you're starting with absolutely nothing. Maybe you're listening to this and you just lost everything. Uh, that's okay, but you've got to get that put away. Now, here's the, the, the deal. If I'm going to go into a shop, if I'm going to, if I'm going to ex, ex, really, really invest, I've got to have a year's worth of, of income put away. Is I've always said that. If you're going to go into a shop, you need to have one year's worth of income put away. And if not, stay, stay mobile until you're ready. Uh, and then again, once you get seasoned, you should have two years of income put away. You really should. Uh, and again, to have lines of credit and so forth, that's great. But you've got to have low debt. You've got to have the correct debt. And then again, as Bob mentioned earlier, is you've got to have some pre-set up lines of credit established so that when these events do happen, if you need to take and infuse your company in your, in your personal life with some money, you've got the opportunity. And so let's go ahead and Bob, we'll start out with you this time. I had to unmute myself there. Um, no, I think, you know, having money put away, I mean, you know, and then dividing your finances so that, you know, your professional business doesn't doesn't mingle with your personal business so that, you know, you, you're safe at home so that if something happens to your business, you know, you know, you will survive. Um, and it's a hard thing to do if you're a small business, Th things get commingled. But, you know, when a downturn happens, the last thing you want is <laughs> two levels of stress your business and your home. So I think having the capital to survive, you know, anything on the personal front, and then, you know, then your goal is to try and, you know, uh, take care of your business. Absolutely. So Megan, you're up. I have one thing that I like to live by and it's live by the budget. Don't live in the moment. And I think that helps for a situation like we're going through now. Um, no matter how much money you make or how much you not feel like you're not making, you always have enough to put some away. You do. Uh, as, as people make more money, they just expand their expenses. And I think instead of doing that, it's money you didn't have yesterday. So take that and then put it away for a rainy day. But instead of living in the moment, just think about living within your budget. And then when something like this happens, you know, you're in a better situation. Here in Florida, we all know at any given time in hurricane season, we could go without work, you know, a week. There's one, gosh, I think it was 04. We all went without, well, most people went without work for four weeks because we had two hurricanes back to back. So it teaches you it, a little extra money is not going to be enough. Um, I'm with you. I, I like to live with, you need to have a whole year's worth of income to feel really safe. You, you don't ever know what's going to happen, but you need to prepare for whatever that is that might happen. Well, great point. And again, I think this is a, you know, you mentioned something what, what my takeaway from this is, is that, um, you know, it, 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 there's other, there's other parts of the country in the world that they have setbacks like this. 
And I think a lot, a lot of people just didn't think it would happen to us and it's happened to us. And I think this is one of the biggest, greatest resets opportunities that we've ever had in our lifetimes. I'm sad that, you know, we lost people like Ken that just breaks my heart, but moving ahead, we've got to take this opportunity to reset our lives, reset our priorities, um, reset our finances, reset our fund meter, you know, is, is believe me. And, and <laughs> that's why I mentioned, Megan, you just mentioned this is I went from, okay, Hey man, we're going to buy this RV. And it was something that Diane and I really wanted to do a little trailer. We got the truck, right. And we want to be able to escape for the weekend and, and so forth and just go do a little fun things. And now it's like, okay, this set us back, but am, am I going to stop the fun factor? No, I'll just go for something really cheap and inexpensive and still go have fun. And so you got to, you got to ask yourself that. So great input, you guys. I mean, great input. Um, let's go to this again. This is another startup expansion cost. This is how I, I, I took and list out everything anytime. And I, I can tell you this right now. And I know Megan, you guys have got to be insanely tuned in to, you know, your, the, the dollars and cents. Cause literally you guys, when you're dealing with products, it comes down to cents, you know, the difference of what you're doing and so forth. And you got map pricing, you got all kinds of considerations. Bob and I went through, you know, we, we, we took and we, we mapped out our finances, you know, when we launched double black and we looked at everything, but when I expand or, or I start up, we're looking at, out of all this, starting a new, a new business, partnering up with somebody on uh, a new opportunity coming out of this. And this is exactly what we'll do is we have an expense, a cost and a priority. Yes or no. Uh, very early priority, very early, uh, week four priority, week three, by now, ASAP, now, week one or two, week three. You can see how we go down that whole list. And we just make a huge list of everything we're going to need. Absolutely everything. You've got to cost it out. If not, you have no idea what it is. And then again, this is a, a, a list of my monthly bills. And so what I do with this is a really simple math. And I go through the math in the book. It's real simple. I'll tell you right now. We add up all of our house bills on, on one column. We add up all of our business bills on the other. We grand total that up. And if you plan on working, you know, 40 hours a week, uh, it's 160 hours a month. You divide that by the hours. That tells you how much you got to bring in per hour, every hour you work. And if you're not, it's, it's micromanaging your finances. And it's something that I still believe in. I still do today. Um, I can tell you per day if I'm, you know, I can tell you by per hour if I'm not making enough money. And it's a really enlightening way to take and run your life and run your business. And so just some quick little tips right there of things. And again, a wish list. This is my, this is my, I, I really want this thing, you know? And so um, join Big Bear Chamber, $249. When I hit $2,000 in savings, I can do it. I wanted a paint gauge for 700 bucks. When I have my first $2,000 week, I can buy it. New uniform shirt, 600 bucks. First $1,000 week. So everything's tied to a goal. Everything's tied to, to a monetary goal. Uh, and then right here, uh, test XYZ paint sealer, you know, by May 1st, I really wanted to do that. This controls my buying. His auto geek loved me in my younger days because my credit card was just on fire with them. I mean, nonstop. But you know what it was? It was controlled chaos. It was controlled because it was all set back to, to a, a goal that I had that was realistic. This is huge. And both of these, these fine folks have hit on this. You got to divide out your needs versus your wants. Is that, do you need it or do you want it? There's a big difference. So Megan, you have any input on this? Yes. I, I feel like I always want something, <laughs> but 
I think the need part is, does that want fit into your budget? Does it fit into your plan? Um, you always have to have some fun money. You just can't go through life, you know, pinching pennies, living, you know, by the budget, line by line. Um, things come up, you know, good opportunities come up. Uh, you decide, hey, I want a new pair of tennis shoes. You know, we all have wants. You can't just work. Um, I like to say I work hard and I play hard. Um, I have a lot of, you know, toys. I have my fifth wheel. You know, I just bought a new truck. Heck, yesterday I just bought a new pair of tennis shoes that I've been holding out on because I thought they were too expensive. But you, you have to weigh out need and want, but you cannot not reward yourself. You cannot not get some things that you want as long as they're within reason. You just have to make sure that you can support that. It makes sense. It's the right time. And does this still leave me in a good spot to, I can handle these extra bills? You know, uh, is it necessary to get a new truck right now? Can you keep going a little bit longer on this one? How does it affect the budget? You know, with you guys, how does it affect the business versus, you know, your personal? You have to look at the big picture, but you can't just go through life, you know, the black and light looking just at a budget. So it is important to have that want taken care of, but I think you just have to be smart with how you, how much and how you do that. Absolutely. Uh, Bob? Well, Randy, on your previous slide, man, I, I really liked how you, uh, you know, set goals based on, you know, how much revenue you generated per week. Uh, and then also there was a key point that you mentioned there where it was like, you know, understanding the service that you're offering. Um, you know, a lot of people come to us and say, and, and I'm sure Megan, under, they, they know their business so well that if someone says, you know, you should, how come you're not buying and selling this? Well, if it doesn't fit their business model or people come to our company and say, you should sell this, I immediately know from just the years of experience in this business, you know, can we make money selling that product or service or doesn't it fit our business model? And it's really important for a detail shop. It's not like you can't have a lost leader, but you need to understand, you know, the products and services that you're selling and what's making you money and what's not. Um, so, you know, that was kind of my takeaway. Not so much need versus want, but the previous slides, I was just looking at that and I thought about that was, you know, understanding what services, what products you sell that are going to make you money and the ones that, that don't make you money. And then, um, you know, curate your product offering, whether it be a product or service to, to make sure that it's, it's a profitable one. Let, let me tell you, uh, Bob, that's brilliant. And, 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 and to give you guys a little back, background, you know, Bob's, Bob and Dave's dad started the company. But, Bob, what did you do for the first 17, 18 years that you were in the company? Uh, I was on a truck selling product to detail shops. Yeah. So if you don't think this man knows a little something about that, that's a big point, Bob. That's, that's a golden nugget in this conversation today is that one point right there is, is guy, you know. I, I mean, I can, I can guarantee you, I mean, and Megan, you know, AutoGeek knows the online business so well, but I can guarantee you that AutoGeek can look at something and go, okay, if it weighs X amount and it doesn't fit in this box and it takes up this much space and, it, and we have to sell it for this and it costs this much to ship, we can't make money at it. So we're not going to do it. I mean, there, I'm sure there is an exact formula for that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it's, and it's, and it comes back to, you know, localizing your business, realizing what you are and aren't uh, there. God, there's just so many great points in that. So, so let's go over to this next one. Your market will talk to you if you ask the right questions. 
what's the disposable income like within your market? You know, you might be in an area like, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, or uh, down in parts of, of, of Southern Florida, just got, you know, just huge amounts of disposable income. Um, selling 2,500, you know, $3,000, $5,000 paint correction coatings, uh, adding in some, some PPF uh, to that, you know, coating that, uh, coating the inside, all that might go in your market. But you might be in a, a mid-America market to where they're really looking at spending 100, 200, 250, 300 bucks. That's okay, because I'm telling you, I can come up with services. I can make nearly as much per hour on those services as I can the big high dollar services. So don't... Don't think the high dollar services mean high dollar per hour is you might be a volume shop versus a low volume shop. Who has the money and can you follow that money? Are you connected enough to follow that money and get introduced to that money? Again, it's back to Megan and Bob both mentioned relationships. Learn how to be invited to the money. That's something that we're talking a lot in our group right now in the mafia is how do you get invited to the money? I had several calls in the last couple of days with individuals that are going after that exact approach. What's the situation with current shops within that market? What are they doing? What are they doing? Okay. Are they surviving? What, what do they look like? What's their culture? What's their customer service? Like what's their retention? Um, how are luxury services businesses doing? How are the owners doing in that, uh, in that, in that segment? I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the maid services, you know, the house cleaning services, uh, the landscapers that are doing uh, lawn care and so forth. How are they doing in that? What's the, the car culture in your market? Are you involved in that culture? Can you connect? Is, do you have a direct connection? You know, I, I, I love cars. So I've always had some kind of car to where it would connect me with the market. And that was huge, having that advantage. And guess what? If you play it right, it could be a, a, a tax write-off. Don't become a car washer. This is huge. Um, don't try to compete with the guys that are doing three, four, five hundred uh, 500 cars a day. Unless you have a solid membership in place, or if you're starting a fixed location car wash. So many detailers fall back and they become car washers. It's really hard to get out of that, 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 that spot when you dig yourself in. So Bob, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, Rennie, you know, one of the things that I, uh, one of the prominent guys in our industry is Justin Lobato. And one of the things that I was always amazed when I first met Justin, um, and we're all a fan of Justin, but one of the things that he did was he was always asking questions on how he can improve himself, how he could engage his market. He was always, you know, analyzing his relationship with his customers. So when you say your market will talk to you, if you're not out there asking questions to engage with those people, whether it be car care clinics and observing what their needs are, um, you're never going to get the answer. You know, if you're not, so you have to be open a little bit to tough criticism and also the the fact that you may not be doing things right um, you know the right answers in the you know the right answers in the questions you know you've got you got to ask the questions to get the answers back to understanding where you're succeeding and where you're failing good points so Megan yeah I think Bob makes a good point there too I, I always like to say you know we should talk less and listen a lot more. You tend to get a lot more information, understand the needs and the wants of the customers. A lot of times they call in and they need help, but uh, the best way to figure that out is talk less and just sit back and let them explain their situations to you and then go from there. You know, for us in the e-commerce world, it's, it's a very broad market. You know, we have customers that 
are nervous to spend $25 on car care and, you know, customers that have no problem dropping $2,500 on car care. It, you treat them all the same, you listen to them, and, you know, you just take care of them. In the end, it's all about taking care of the customer. And, you know, for you guys in the detailing world, it, it, that's your community. You know, it's not just your market. It's, it's your community that you're living in. Man, I love having smart friends. You guys are amazing. Great input, guys. So, you know, let's talk about this again. I know I've been saying this a lot. Dream, vision, plan, execute, and then repeat often. You know, this, I, I made a statement within our private forum for the mafia a couple of days ago to where, you know, Bob knows this is that I've really been trying to really build up my, my, my lifestyle to where it's something I'm really proud of that I I'm taking a little time off for myself, for my family, um, to bring myself in, to be healthier for my, 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 my partners, uh, for my community, for our industry. And I made a statement three or four days ago that for the first time in my in a long time that the kid me, the young seven, 10, 15 year old, 20 year old me would be really proud of who I am today because I'm, I'm really settled into being happy. Uh, I'm really settled into, I've got a smart work ethic. I've worked very hard, very concentrated. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm finally at a balancing point to where I should have done this years ago. And, uh, it's a good spot to be in. Now in my twenties, early thirties, I was there. I let somebody poison my brain. I let somebody get into my brain and kind of twist up what I thought success and what wealth versus being rich was. And my bad for letting that person influence me like that. But uh, Megan, how often do you guys kind of revision your guys's company and, and, and where you're going? How often do you have to revisit the pathway that auto geeks going to? Well, we actually, you know, we meet weekly um, with two different teams to kind of discuss our plans and our vision. Um, you know, things can change as often as that. Um, things, we, we plan out our year accordingly. We all have, you know, a vision of where we want to go. But, you know, we're sitting here today and the world around us has changed. So now we're, you know, we're changing and adapting to it. So. I don't really, I think everybody likes to have a plan and a vision, but I think you also have to be very flexible to understand that maybe that plan and vision isn't always going to work out for you or, or you have to adapt to it. Yeah, that's great points. So Bob? Uh, I think Megan's on point. I mean, Randy, we're a classic example. We get together every December, all of us and decide, okay, what we're going to do throughout the year. Uh, but the first thing we do when we get together is, okay, you know, what did we accomplish and what didn't we accomplish? Because that changes throughout the year. Um, and then also it gets down to, I mean, we simply inside PNS, we meet every morning. We have a production meeting every morning so that we can review, you know, what's happening today. Um, you know, what does the manufacturing team need to make? What are we shipping out? You know, what do we have in stock? I mean, it's, it's constant. So it goes from, you know, a daily simple platform meeting to, you know, larger plans of, you know, product development and launch and, but they're changing all the time. There's never, you know, but you need to have a foundation. So it's, it's, I think one of the, it's, it's kind of actually very, it's, it, you know, it's, it's fun to watch how things change and see, okay, 
um, you know, we were successful at this or we weren't successful at this, but then having that year long plan, you can always kind of, when you feel like you're lost, you can refer back to the bigger plan that helps guide you. You know, Bob, just let's take our, you know, our, let's take double black for a second. How many times in the last, and, and this goes back four years, not just now, how many times a week did we communicate and, and address strategies? Well, it's at least uh, you and I, it's at least two to three times a week without question. And then obviously with inside PNS, you know, it, it, it's more. Yeah. It, you know, you've got to go on. And as Megan said, you know, big team, even if you're small team is that one of the biggest mistakes that we ever made when we were young, when I was younger and was, was, was hiring on a team and building a team was not having the team understand our, our, what our marching orders were, what our, the commander's, military we call it commander's intent is they didn't know I mean where they didn't know where I was taking them they had no idea and so once I became you know proficient enough and I learned that oh man you know these guys my team everybody in our team has got to know you know kind of where we're going and what our what our goals are that changed everything you know also the other thing Rennie I think is really kind of interesting is you know you can make a plan and then try and accomplish something but go back and re-looking at what you weren't, why, why that didn't work, that helps you be more successful on your next plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, um, real quick. So next week, financial on Monday, 9, 9 a.m., same time, same place. Financial Foundation Part 2, the second part of this. Equipping your business with the tools and product. Uh, that's going to be next Wednesday. And then Cutting Edge Equipment and Products is going to be Friday. So make sure to join us. Uh, let's go ahead and hey, Chris, uh, any, any questions popping up? Uh, I don't have any actual questions yet. You guys can go ahead and throw them in. Um, have some good comments, so. Uh, I, I love that what you just said. You just sent it over to me right now. Is, uh, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Oh, that's a favorite of mine. I love that. I absolutely love that. I uh, also... Uh, Oh, this is a great one. You know, Chris adds in that it's uh, uh, wanted to point out to be ready financially to take advantage of opportunities when they arrive. I've missed chances to grow or invest because I wasn't prepared. That would be part of the planning and budgeting as well. Absolutely. You know, having a little, uh, a, a little liquid, you know, a little liquid gold, a little cash on hand uh, when opportunities arise. And let me tell you, out of, out of the ashes rises the phoenix. You know, we're... <laughs> This right now, I mean, it sucks, you know, it just, it's, but it's a reality. There's a lot of opportunity that's going to come out of this. You just got to, you just got to be smart and look at it, you know? Um, so that's a great point. Thanks for doing that. Um, I heard a story, uh, I heard a story yesterday about a guy that the minute the uh, um, hotels and stuff in Vegas shut down, he called up one of the big ones and purchased 500 rolls of toilet paper. So there was a little, uh, little opportunity out of this. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 it's funny because Megan and Bob, you'll get a kick. Well, not a really kick. It's kind of sad. It's real sad, but I've had a lot of people in the last 24 hours reach out to me for needs. People that are, are really, they're really struggling and believe it or not, some of the requests are toilet paper. Um, people, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, we, we all sit there and it's jokes all over the place and there's, you know, all kinds of stuff on social media about toilet paper, but 
there are legitimately people that are out of toilet paper. And I was like, okay, man, I mean, do I have a stash? You know, I mean, can we send some out? I mean, I'd hate to be, you know, left, uh, not being able to help people, but it's like, whoa, I just didn't expect that. Um, yeah. And then Art Bach adds in, you know, your customers don't care about how much, you know, they want to know how much you care. Um, I think that's a great, I think that's a great, I think that's where, where auto geeks done a great job and, and PNS both have done a great job of, of, of taking and putting out there that they do care about their customers. Uh, and I think that's big. I think you can watch their cultures and it will take in, um, it will add to your business. Prentice, what's up, Prentice? Um, hey, we just put you, matter of fact, uh, I just put you on the list. I want to get you on one of these calls, buddy. I love camping too. Megan and Bob, two of the nicest people in the world. Uh, couldn't agree more, you know? Um, cool. Uh, any other questions that you can see, Chris? Anything on Facebook? Uh, no, no Facebook questions. Let me see if I, I had a couple of, uh, Comments. Joel, Joel chimed in when you were talking about staff. He said, said 100%, if we did not have our staff, we would not be where we are today. Absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, and the staff is what you build of it. There's been times where I've had kind of a, a sick staff, you know, where it wasn't ideal. It wasn't the staff. It was me. It was the leadership. It had nothing to do with staff. It had me either doing the hiring or my, or my bad attitude. And so I hired the wrong people because I was in the wrong state of mind. Simple as that. Um, and Andrew Van Order just says his relationships with his customers and his vendors have been his biggest win in his business. There you go. Great statements. Great statements. Absolutely love it. Dan, yeah, I'm interested in that. Send me over the information on it if you would. Just email it to me. Um, you know, it's, I think, a lot, of great, uh, a lot of great statements. I want to take in, uh, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're super, super, super productive right now at work. Um, you know, so I know taking, taking time out, and there's probably a lot of requests for your time. So uh, when's your next camping trip? When are you going to go out and relax? Any plans? Uh, uh, we, we are supposed to take it over to Lake Okeechobee May 1st, um, but – the with the stay-at-home order, um, we're not sure yet. They're, if the order is lifted, then the camping's open. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So we'll see. Yeah, well, good. Bob, any uh, we're we're kind of in the same situation here in California. You're just up north, is you know, I, I'm thinking by May fifteenth maybe, but looking at the uh, the numbers from yesterday, were pretty. I don't know if you guys followed it. It was a pretty rough day, um, with numbers. There's there's there's, there's a lot of deaths yesterday. A lot of, a lot of people lost their battle with the stuff. So I think we're kind of stuck being at home for probably, probably close to another month. What do you think buddy? That could be the case, Rennie. I mean, we're, we, we talked yesterday with our team and mentioned that, you know, maybe two weeks. Um, but you know, we're not, we're, I'm realistically looking at the middle of the month. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, hey, you know, thank you both for coming on. And guys, they're 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 great companies. Make sure to support them. Uh, if if you uh, if you would go out to their, their 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 social media sites, leave a review, just based on their giving so much, both of these. But go visit them. Go check them out. If you're not following them on social media and so forth, make sure to do that. Bob, what's the best way to follow uh, PNS? 
Uh, well, Instagram is PS Detail Products, and our website's PS Detail Products, and anybody can email me at bob at psales.com. There you go. Megan, best way to follow you guys if anybody's living under a rock for the last 25 years? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can find us pretty easily on Facebook or autogeek.com. And um, with Bob, if anybody needs anything, they're welcome to email me. Um, we've been putting my email up on social media a lot. Um, any detailers getting a jam, please reach out to me. There, there, there isn't a silly question and there isn't a bad request. Well, I'll tell you, Megan, I'm expecting an invite the next time I'm down in uh, Florida. Let's extend the trip and go camping. Absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, stay, uh, stay healthy. Have a great weekend. Try to go out and do something. Uh, go put a smile on somebody else's face. See what you can do for somebody else this weekend and make it about others. I think it will take us out of a kind of a slump and, uh, and just enjoy, enjoy the fact that it's a reset time. It's a time that uh, for us to reflect on what's important in our life, but go make somebody smile. So have a great, uh, have a great weekend. We'll be back on, uh, on Monday for detail mafia. We have our spring fling online event tomorrow. Instead of doing it live, we'll be online. Uh, and then on Sunday, our Sunday service uh, on Sunday morning. So take care, everybody. Have a blessed weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Happy detailing.